I am super excited, you guys, super excited. And I have a high expectation of our time today. I am super excited because you are here. Well, wait, 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 scratch that, scratch that. That's actually number two. Number one is that God is here, and number two is that you're here, yay. And so I, yes, you can give yourselves a hand, and I just want you to come today to these, these next few moments with a high expectation of what God wants to do in our hearts, what he wants to do in our lives, because God is on the move. This year is gonna be the best year. I've been praying, we've been, as a church, in case you don't know, been fasting and praying for 21 days, and it's been awesome, Um, and so we just have a high expectation. I want you to have a high expectation as you come today to these next few moments that God has something amazing to say to you in your heart, okay? And so I'm really excited today. If you have your Bibles, uh, would you open them up to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9? I got up here last Sunday, and I was like, um... Let's look in the Bible. Where should we go? Corinthians. Let's go to Corinthians. This time, I'm really sure. Let's go to Corinthians. We are going to chat. We're going to tackle 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you don't have your Bibles, no worries. Everything we read, it will be up on the big screen behind me, and you can follow along up there. But we've been in a series that we're calling Precious. Precious, precious, precious. And what we're doing is, we're going to dive into it, but what we're doing is we're looking at things in our lives that we may not consider them as precious, but that God considers them precious for us. And so we're going to look at another one of these things that God has given us. It's a gift for us. It's a gift that God has given us. And before we dive in, I I just want to tell you how excited I am about baptism today. You heard at Kids Time, we talked a little bit about baptism, and after the service, we're going to do, you know, as someone who's a follower of Jesus, this is like, for us, it reminds us, it's like when you go to a wedding, right? You go to a wedding, you're like, you're so happy for the couple. That's like what baptism is for us. It's like, oh man, we're so excited. We remember that day when we said, yes, I want to jump in. I want to give. I want to go public with that private decision that I made. So I'm really excited. Also, this past weekend, we just finished uh, a great weekend. We call it our Holy Spirit weekend. Uh, For the past five, almost six months, we've been doing a class every other Wednesday here at DV for people who are new to the faith, people who are exploring their faith, people who are like not really sure where they land with God and, and people who maybe been followers of Jesus for a while but they want, you know, kind of a refresher course on like the fundamentals of what it is to follow Jesus. And so we've been doing these classes every other Wednesday and it's been awesome. It's been great. And so we came to the point in our classes where we're doing We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, but we're not just going to talk about him here. We're going to go away, do a retreat, and talk about the Holy Spirit on a weekend, and it was awesome. God met us. The Holy Spirit came down. It was beautiful, his love. We experienced his love in such a powerful way. So if you've never been to a Holy Spirit weekend, I want to encourage you to sign up. We would love for you guys to be a part of that. It's powerful. But I'm excited because some of those people... Maybe one or two of them are getting baptized today. So we're really excited about that as well. All right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to look at another precious gift that God has given us today. And the other precious gift that God has given us, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, is the gift to share Christ with others. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, you've been given a gift. And that gift is the ability to share Christ. And this is a precious gift, to share Christ with others. If you've been a follower for a while, the the church-y word or the biblical word is 
evangelism. That's the word we use, evangelism. Um, and so someone who shares Christ a lot with other people is called an evangelist. Unfortunately, in our culture today, <laughs> an evangelist, or a, we'll call it, we'll put the tele in front, tele-evangelist, in our culture, we don't look highly on these folks. You know the ones on TV? Um, actually, there was a book that came out that said the day that America, this is the title of it, it's called The Day That America Told the Truth. And in it, they had a survey where they surveyed 73 different careers, and they wanted people to rate the careers with, like, the highest, the ones that were at the top were the ones that had high honesty and high integrity. Rate those careers that you think are, like, the highest integrity and highest honesty. And can I tell you that tele-evangelists were rated lower than lawyers. They were rated lower than used car salesmen. They were rated lower than prostitutes. These careers, 73 careers, were actually rated higher. I'll tell you, out of 73, 71 of them were rated higher than tele-evangelists. The only ones tele-evangelists beat out were drug dealers, and organized crime members. <laughs> so, so what does that tell you? Televangelists, we don't look very highly on televangelists. We don't look very highly on this. So when we hear this word evangelism, we hear this word evangelist, we're like, uh-uh, nope, that's not for me. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I do not want any part of that. And so if you're not a believer, the word evangelism, a lot of times, it just brings up skepticism. You know, like, hey, don't push that religion on me. No, 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 I understand what you like to do, but that, you know, keep all that Jesus stuff to yourself, and, you know, don't talk to me about being born again, and, and don't tell me how wrong I am. You know, just keep all that to yourself. I respect your beliefs, just respect me, and stay away, right? And so it, we, we say that, right? We say that. And so, and then for those who are believers, the phrase evangelism, for many, it brings up two emotions. Can everybody say two emotions? All right, we're awake this morning. Two most, one of them is actually guilt because we're like, stink. I'm a follower of Jesus and I've never brought anybody to Jesus. I've never shared the faith with, I've never shared Christ. Or if it's not guilt, it's fear. Like, oh, please, please don't let me do this. I, I, I don't really want to go, right? And we're afraid that if we do share our faith with someone that we know, we're like, yeah, man, you know, God's so good, and he's changed my life, and, and then all of a sudden, they might catch us doing something dumb, and they're like, wait, 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 you said you were a follower of Jesus, and now you're, I just saw, now you're a hypocrite, and so we're afraid of being called hypocrites, and so we don't want to share, you know, our faith. We don't want to share Christ. In fact, <clears throat> I remember going door to door back when I was in college. I got one of my college buddies here. I love him. He's back there. Um, we went to college together, Many moons ago, 20 plus. Anyways, I won't tell you. But uh, I remember going door to door evangelism. We would knock on people's doors and we would do the survey. We'd ask these questions, you know? And one of the questions were, uh, I don't remember all of them because it was a long time ago, unfortunately. But one of the questions was, if you died tonight, do you know where you would go, heaven or hell? And so I remember doing these door to door things. We, were, we got together with groups and we were supposed to be paired up with someone who was a follower of Jesus for a long time. And so we would go with them, and, and I remember the guy teaching us was like very adamant, listen, you got to pray 
before you go knock on that door. Like, you got to pray. And I was like, man, no problem. I'm going to be praying that there's nobody on the other side of that door when I knock on it <laughs> because I do not want to do this. This thing is so fearful. And so I did. I prayed every single time. Sometimes God answered that prayer, and other times it was just embarrassing, intimidating. So if you've ever felt insecure about sharing your faith, I want to show you today that you are gifted to share Christ. You are gifted to share Christ with others, all right? And so before, um, well, if you got your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. And maybe this will speak to you. Maybe this will inspire you. This is what he said. This is Paul talking, okay? And Paul said this, though I am free, I belong to no man. I make myself a slave to everyone. Why? Would you all say that next part aloud? Because I make myself a slave to everyone. What? To what? To win as many, I can't hear you, as possible. Verse 20, he said to the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To the weak, verse 22, I became weak to win the weak. I became all things to all men so that by all means possible, I might what? I might save someone. Verse 23, I do this all for the sake of the gospel, that I may what? That I may share in its blessings. You are gifted by God to share Christ. Those of you that are Christ followers, that you know him, if you're, you know, a little bit insecure, you're a little bit hesitant, I want to tell you today, I want to show you four people in the scriptures who were highly unlikely evangelists. Four people that you would say, I don't know how they would even share, and they don't even know. They would be your though. I don't even know how, but this is how. They, I'm going to tell you four of them, all right? So let's, if you're taking notes, let's start with the first one. The first one is the Samaritan woman. Samaritan woman. And, and she's very, she's a highly unlikely evangelist, okay? She taught us that sometimes all you have to do, all you have to do is say to someone, come and see. All you have to do is invite them. Just, just invite them. In fact, here in our church, we have little invite cards, we call them. And they're over there on the table. And there's six of them, because there's seven days in a week, so you have one for every day, and then you get a Sabbath. One is off, one day's off. <laughs> but but they're, they're there, one for every single day of the week. And you can carry those in your pocket. You got them? All right, we're going to show them to everybody. I, I don't know if you can see them. Can you put the camera, like, right? I'm just kidding, we don't have cameras. But... Uh, <laughs> One day, one day, one day, one day. So anyway, <laughs> these cards, they look like this, okay? And on the back, it has our, a map of how to get to the church. It has a little website on it. It simply says, you're invited. It's really nice, actually. It's pretty cool. I'm pretty proud of these. I didn't make them, but I'm pretty proud of these. I think they look nice. I'm not like ashamed, like, I'm not going to keep them. No, they're nice. So there's, there's six of them in here, one for every day of the week. And the challenge is to give them all out and come back and get some more and we'll print more, and you can give out more, and we'll give more, and we'll print out more. And so, listen, last night, my wife and I, we were going to Chuck E. Not just my wife, my boys. Just so <laughs> no te equivoques, right? <laughs> don't, don't get confused. Um, my wife and I and my kids, we were going to Chuck E. Cheese, and we're on our way to Chuck E. Cheese, and my, my wife and the kids, they see, I didn't, I'm holding their hands, I'm watching for the cars in the parking lot, and we see this wallet on the floor with cash in it. 
And, um, and the kids are like, oh my gosh. My wife's like, oh my gosh. And so we, we went, we, we got it, and we did what we needed to do. We gave it back to the right person. And at the end, we were like, hey, and you can use this, okay? I feel free to copyright. Look, in the vineyard, we say copyright means copy it right. That's what copyright means. So feel free to use this, okay? So I just say, hey, so do you go to church anywhere? We gave them, you know, the stuff back, and they were super appreciative. All the cash back, by the way, that was there, hundreds of dollars. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, we said, hey, um, do you go to church anywhere? And they're like, most of the time, eight out of ten times when I ask people in Miami, do you go to church anywhere? They're like, me? Church? No, no, I don't go to church. Seriously. Eight out of ten. There is, though, you know, the small times. But anyway, so do you go to church me, no. And I was like, oh, well, listen, I want to invite you to a great church. The pastor is amazing. He's a great speaker. He speaks to my, just kidding, I didn't say that part. All I said was, all I said was, hey, do you go to church? And he went, no. Um, listen, I want to tell you about a great church. It's in Doral. And most of the time, like, we, we live in West Kendall. So most of the time, I'm like trying to like sell the fact that it's only 20 minutes on the turnpike. It's only 20 minutes on the turnpike. It's not that far because you say Doral. Oh my gosh, it's so far. No, it's not that far. So hey, it's, it's you know, we're right here by the turnpike. Chuck E. Cheese, by the way, is right by the turnpike where we are. Anyway, so it's right there. You just jump on the turnpike. We'll be there. I know you're a waitress and you, you know, have to work on the weekends and, you know, Sundays are probably hard for you. I, I say the whole spiel. But anyways, the fact is, hey, do you go to church? You can copy this part. You go to church anywhere? No. would love to invite you to my church. Here's a card. Here you go. Here's one for you. Here's one for your, your boyfriend. Come anytime you want. You're invited. Come and what, what? Come and see. It's what the Samaritan woman did. Let's look at the scriptures there. What'd she say? Very highly unlikely evangelist. This is what the Samaritan did. There, there, there's times, you guys, when we're going to go, we're, we're going to say, you know what? The Holy Spirit is leading me to do something. This, this, this woman was an unlikely evangelist. And she already had three strikes against her. You know what her three strikes were? The number one strike was that she was a, any takers? A woman. The other strike was that she was a what? Samaritan. Listen, I have to tell you this. In those times, being a woman was not cool at all. It was not a good thing. As a matter of fact, Jewish men would pray this prayer. I am not, it's kind of sad, but I'm going to tell you what the Jewish prayer every day a Jew, a Jewish man would pray this prayer, God, I thank you that I am not a woman, that I'm not a Samaritan, and that I'm not a slave. That is actually in their book, their Hebrew book that they read. They're given, it's given to them in their bar mitzvah. And they read, they say this prayer every single day. Thank you, God, I'm not a woman. Thank you, God, that I'm not a, a, a Samaritan. Thank you, God, I'm not a slave. So she already had Three strikes against her. What was her last strike? Well, I gave you two. She wasn't, she was a Samaritan. She was a woman. The last strike she had against her was that she was a woman that, how do we say this? I don't even know how you say this in church. Um, she was kind of loose, if you know what I mean, okay? And she was kind of loose with her sexuality, promiscuous, if you will, all right? And so one day, this, this gal, she goes to this well to draw some water, and she encountered Jesus, and uh, who's a Jew, and, uh, and who all of a sudden starts talking to her, and she's just like, wait, <laughs> I, I don't get, why are you talking to me? And he's like, hey, would you give me some water? Wait, 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 I, I can't get past the fact that you're a Jew, not only a Jew, you're a rabbi, and you're talking to me. I, I, why are you talking to me? I'm a, I'm a, you know I'm a Samaritan. You know, by the way, I am that I am a little bit loose. Why are you talking? I, I, I don't get it. 
and I want to look at the scriptures and, and, and see. She, he asks her, would you give me some water? And she's, and, and she's like, why are you talking to me? And he's like, look, if you knew me, you would be actually asking me for living water. I got some other good stuff. I'm thirsty, but I have this other living water that you would actually be asking me. And she's like, what? What are you talking about, this living water? I mean, I know there's supposed to be a prophet. As Samaritans were taught, there's a prophet that's coming, this Messiah, this Savior. And Jesus says, well, guess what? You're looking at him. Here I am. And, and all of a sudden, when she recognized that he is who he said he was, Scripture says in John chapter 4, verse 28, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, would you guys say it aloud? What did she say? She said, here's, here's what she said. She said, we are, we're not even on the screen. You can't even know what she said. <laughs> it's somewhere on there. It's coming. I'm, I'm, I'll wait. I'll wait. You just take your time. No, you can't find it? It's not there? Somewhere? You see it? I'll give you a hint. Yes, I'll give you a hint. Come and see on the count of three. One, two, three. All right, that's what she said. Oh, there's a miracle. Come and see. Hey, let's give a hand for Renee because Renee is a stinking rock star. I love you, Renee. Thank you so much for everything, man. All right, so come and see. Come and see. Come, everybody. Hey, I got to tell you about this man. Keep reading. This guy who told me everything about my life. I got to. So she went to town and she told people. And verse 30, he said, they came out of the town and they made their way toward Jesus. All she did was she said, what? Come, and she just invited someone. Just got to come check this out. You got to come check this. You just got to come and see for yourself. There's something different. There's something special. There's something about this guy. You got to come and see. What, what did she not do, you guys? She did not do, hey, if you die tonight, do you know where you would go, heaven or hell? Do, do you have any idea where you would go? She did not say, hey, let me tell you like the Roman road, the four spiritual laws. Let me, let me tell you about that. That's not what she did. All she did was, come on, let's go check this out. Let's go together. Let's go check this out, right? She didn't knock on anybody's door. She didn't do any of that stuff. She said, come and check it out for yourself. And scripture says, and many of the Samaritans believed because of her story, because of her testimony. Many people came to believe simply because she invited them to what? Help me out again to come and see. Do you realize that you can do this? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can do this. You can invite people. Look, I just told you about last night. Let me tell you about last Monday was Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, day, and Marie and I and the kids, Marie took half a day, and we, we went to have lunch, and we were having lunch at this restaurant, the waitress comes over, and we did the deal. Some of you guys know the deal that I'm talking about, the ask. We did the ask. What's the ask? I'm going to tell you about it. So we're there having lunch. Well, actually, no, we're there putting our order in, and we put in our order, and after we put the order, I do the ask. I say, hey, I see your name is Donnie. Is that sure for Daniela? Oh, I have a friend named Daniela. She goes by Donnie, too, but I, that's not the ask. I said, hey, listen, um, when the food comes out, we're going to say a prayer for our food. Is there anything we can pray for you about? And she was like, yes, actually. Um, you can pray for me. You can pray for my mom. We just had five family members die in the last three months. And my mom is really having a hard time with that. And we said, we'd love to pray for you. Awesome. So 
food came out. We prayed for her. It was awesome. And, and as, as she left, we took the order. She took, her or she took our order. She left. I look at Marie and I go, babe, aren't you glad that we got like a group starting in a couple weeks that deals with like emotional wellness and grief and addictions and depression and anxiety and fear? Aren't you glad we got a group that's coming up in a couple weeks that, that can help support that? She's like, oh yeah, that's right. Let's do that. So at the end, I pull out my card and I say, hey, you go to church anywhere? Hey, let's practice that together. Do you go to church anywhere on the count of three? One, two, three. Do you go to church anywhere? No, actually, I don't. Then you say, I want to invite you to mine. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. I want to invite you to mine. Yes. Here's a card of our service. On the back is a map with all the, the directions. You can check out the website. It's at 11 o'clock. It's not too early. You can make it. I promise. And so, yeah. And so you just invite them. You know, you just invite them. And it was so cool to be able to do that. So that's the first unlikely evangelist. You guys with me? All right. The second one, unlikely evangelist, is a blind guy. Talk about uh, <laughs> how can he help? He's a blind guy. And, and Jesus heals this guy. And his story teaches us that the principle that sometimes all you have to do is share your story. That's all you got to do. Share your story. Let me tell you what happened to me, right? This is a story about the blind man, right? This is what happened. He, uh, a little bit about his background. This poor guy was born blind. And so you can imagine for his entire life as a kid, all he saw was darkness. And as a teenager, as an adult, this guy, he just, he couldn't see. He could not see. And one day, some guy called Jesus came over and he healed him. Jesus reaches down, gets some dirt, and he actually spits in the dirt, puts it on his eyes, and, and, and says, now go and wash it in the pool. And when you come out, the scales are going to come off, like scales are going to come off, and you're going to see like, you're going to see, you're going to see. And so that's what happened for the first time ever when he opened his eyes. For the first time ever, he's able to see. He saw colors and shapes and birds and clouds and people. And this guy was like, he healed me. Awesome. I love it. He healed me. And, and so, but what happened was that there were some insensitive people that were there that saw it called the Pharisees. And they were doubting that Jesus was the one that healed him. And so they were trying to convince the blind guy, it wasn't, stop, stop that. Don't say Jesus healed you. Stop that, stop that. It wasn't Jesus. Look, come over and, and tell everybody what a false teacher he is. Tell everybody what a, what a, what a, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a fake. What's the word? Like a, like a, huh? Like a, yes, charlatan. That's exactly the word I was looking for. You're a charlatan. Tell everybody about that Jesus, he's a fake. He's, he's from the devil. And this is what the blind man says. And I want to read the verse there for you. You know, he says, let's see, verse 25 of John chapter 9. He says, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know. What was that? He said, I was blind, but now I, here's my story. He says, this is my story. I don't know about all that. I don't know about all the theological circles and definitions, post-trib, mid-trib, pre-trib, rapture. I don't know about all that. All I can tell you is that once I was blind and now I see. It's my story. It's my story. This is my, he did it. He did it. This is, I don't know, I'll never be the same again because of what he did. He simply told his story. This is what he did. And you can too. An unlikely evangelist. I don't know what your story is. 
Maybe you're saying, man, I was searching all my life and I felt empty and I prayed out to him and he brought a deep feeling in my heart and satisfaction. Here's what he did. I, I, was, I was hooked on whatever it was, some addiction in my life and, and then I met him and all of a sudden, boom, he freed me. I felt free and, and I, I just, my marriage, you know, it was in shambles and all of a sudden I met Jesus and now, man, I have a good marriage. I was thinking about divorce and somebody gave me a prayer journal and all of a sudden they saved my, my, my marriage. It was amazing. That actually happened. Someone here in our church gave someone a prayer journal and they were about to get divorced and it was incredible. It's what he did. It's what happened to i was in bondage and god came and you know i i i used to drink like five coladas a day and all of a sudden i met jesus and i don't even drink that cuban coffee anymore i got free whatever it is that's your story whatever your story is you know and you may say but you know i don't have a dramatic story my story is like really boring like it's it's not a big deal see what you what you don't understand is that your story is special it's special Whatever your story is, it's special, and it will minister to someone. Someone else will be listening to your story over coffee, wherever you're at, and they'll say, I'm like that. I can relate. That's my story, too. Or someone is hearing you say, well, that's not my story at all, but that's amazing how God showed up. I want that for me. I want God to show up in my life. I would love that. Maybe you're here today. I, I want to tell you, your story matters. Your story matters. Maybe you're here today, you're a business owner, and you may call your employees in one day, and, I, and you say, look, you may be wondering why our business all of a sudden is doing so well. Let me tell you my story. Call all your employees together. Everybody's standing up right before the day starts at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m., however you start, and you say, look, you may be wondering why our numbers are like, they are so different from last year. Let me tell you my story. You can say it. Maybe you're, 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 you're a painter, and you can tell your story by painting. Maybe you're a musician, and you can tell your story by playing an instrument or writing a song. You know, whatever it is, you're a student, and you can write a paper, and you can write a sto your story, right? You can write your story. Here's a story. What God did in my life. You can put your story on Facebook. You can tell your story. You can blog about your story. There's all these different ways that you can tell your story. We have a lady here at our church that all of you know if you've been here before. She's the bald-headed one, Abdiela. She's not here today, um, and we miss her. And I already spoke to her. I said, listen, you get one freebie a year, okay? This is it. After this, you got to come every other single, and it goes for all of you, too. You get one freebie a year, okay? So, so Abdiela, this woman, she texted me this morning at 4.30 in the morning because she knew I would be up praying for you, all your behinds, okay, which I am. I was already up. And she texted me at 4.30 in the morning and she said, eight years ago today, today, eight years ago, the doctors told me I was only going to live for six months. <laughs> today. And those same doctors that, sh that told her that she was only going to live for, eight, for six months, she's been telling her story to them, to their staff, to other cancer patients, to caregivers who take care of the cancer patients. She, two weekends ago, not this past weekend, that, I'm sorry, this past weekend, I don't know, how do we do that? Like, not yesterday, not today, what do you say, this is the past weekend? I don't know, the weekend before, okay? You follow me? I'm sorry if I was confusing, but you know what I mean. She was in Tampa, 
they had invited her to go tell her story. And guess what she said? It was only God. 300 people she's standing in front, telling her story, reading her story, and she says, it is God. Right? Yes. That's awesome. And she's a teacher. She has touched countless of students' lives with her story. Teacher of the year, so many times we've lost count. Teacher of the year. She's an amazing high school teacher. But you know what her passion is? Our DV kids behind that wall. She hated missing today. I'm going to miss my kids. But I know she's listening to this. She will listen to this on podcast because she always listens to it on podcast. She tells me all about my messages and critiques it and everything. I love it. And so, so I know she'll be listening to this one as well. It will be no different. But she's behind, she, this is her passion is RDV kids. And she's impacted their lives. And she's impacted the, the patient lives and the doctor's lives and the staff's lives, nurses and people are like this woman is unbelievable and she is you don't we all don't know y'all don't know who we have in our church amazing people this is one story now you may not have that story you may i know there's some cancer survivors in the house today in the house of god today you have a story oh yeah you do but not just that i know we have some heart survivors some heart attack survivors some stroke survivors in the house. You have a story. I know we have some people who were alcoholics, drug addicts. God, thank you for the deliverance, right? Porn addicts. We have some of those in our house today, too, who've been delivered. And you, I got a story. You don't understand my anger. Some angry people. We used to have some, we have. Some of us got still working on us. Pray for me. But, but, but we have some people that have been to, we got a story. You got a story. It's what, it's, what, it's what the blind man's, I don't know, all I know is, I once was what? And now I, I hope you can see today, you got a story. So that's your second unlikely evangelist. Your third one is a woman by the name of Dorcas. Dorcas, by the way, I just want to ask, is there anybody named Dorcas in the house? Okay, praise God. All right, so this is another one. I'm going to tell you a little story about her. She teaches us the principle that you can share Christ by simply giving your life away. And I have no idea why I said simply, because usually giving your life away is not anything but simple, but by giving your life away. Let's read her description of the story in Acts chapter 9, verse 36. Scripture says, in Joppa, you got it up there? Yes, in Joppa, there was a girl named, uh, a disciple named Tabitha which in Greek her name is Dorcas. Okay, we'll move on. Who was always doing good and helping the poor. Now, let me unpack this for a little bit. Let me unpack this a little bit for you. Sorry, I went too fast there. Uh, What's going on? So what's going on is that in the time that this was written, in the time that Dorcas was alive, there were women who were widows. And what would happen to the women that were widows is that the husband would die, and everything that they owned as a family was given to their son, if they had a son, or if not to the closest male relative, uncle or nephew, not to the widow. And so if, it, if the uncle or the son found it in their heart and they didn't squander all their monies, they would take care of the widows. But what would happen more often than not? Guess they wouldn't. They would squander the money. They would care less about the widow. 
And so Dorcas comes along, and she starts, nobody's helping these ladies. Might as well be me. If you were here a few weeks ago, we talked about that message called the Mando moment. She had a burden to help. She was restless. She lost sleep. There was something in her that said, there's God, this is an injustice. Something has to be done about this. God, would you please do something for these poor widows? God, even if it's me, here I am, God. I'll do it. And so Dorcas, she starts helping, making clothes, feeding the widows, helping out these widows, and she's giving her life away, helping them with the possessions and helping her. She gets involved in their lives, and she prays with them, and, and she makes clothes for them, and she raises money for them to help them get food. And, and, and she was so loving and so caring that she earned the right to be heard. She earned the right to be heard. They, they loved her because she was involved in their lives. And here's what's amazing. Her ministry was so valuable. When she died, that God didn't let her stay dead. He rose her back to life. That's how valuable her ministry was. She said, I know your name is Dorcas, but you're too valuable. Sorry. I'm too valuable to let you die. And so he brought her back up. All right? And so she was so valuable because she got involved in the lives of people you can do the same thing. Just give your life away in the name of Jesus. There are too many people who do what I call drive-by witnessing. Drive-by witnessing, you know? There's like drive-by, Hong Kong, Jesus loves you, peace. But they don't get into people's lives. You can laugh, I love, I love that too, right? They don't get into people's lives. They, they, it, that doesn't work. In case you didn't know, it doesn't work today. Because people want to know, do you really care about me? Do you care about what's going on in my life? Do you really care? There's a couple here, not here, sorry. There's a couple that we love. That Miami, born and bred, 305, all of that, okay? They felt from God to go give their lives away to a people group on the other side of the world, in Laos, which is in Southeast Asia, by Thailand and Vietnam. And so they went over there, and they've been living there, and they had six kids, am I right? Six, eight, seven? Seven kids over there in Southeast Asia while they lived there. They were there, they've been there, still there. Close to 30 years they've been out there. Giving, God put on their heart. You know, I think God's putting on my heart these people of Laos, these Southeast Asian people of Laos, Babe, what do you think? Mark and Carol Berry. Yeah, let's go. And they go, and they stay, and they stay longer, decade after decade, and they give their lives away. They give and they serve the poorest country in Southeast Asia. They're giving their lives away. And we support them financially here. Every month, we send them money, hundreds of dollars, because we love what God is doing in their life. And thank you to you guys for being so generous that we have something to give them. And so we give away the monies to help them continue to love. We respect God's call in their lives, and we're like, hey, we want to help you help save the people of Laos, that God would use you to save those people. It's awesome, and I love it. And you may say, well, that's a little out there, Pastor Abdi. Like, I'm not packing up and going anywhere. This is where I live. My job, my family, my kids are in school. This is, that's a little out there. I, I, that's not for me. I could never do anything like that. Okay, 
Well, but you can give your life away every single day of your life. You may look down the end of your street and, and maybe there's a widow that you know, she's living in an apartment and, and she's having a hard time with her car and, and you're like, you know what? I can change oil. You know what? She needs a ride. I got this one. You know, I can help her out. If she needs her, her, her lawn, you know, care, she needs some lawn care, her husband passed away, he's not doing it anymore, she doesn't know how to work those machines, I got this one, I could do this, I could show her some love by just getting involved in her life. Or there may be a single mom who's not a believer, and your DV group, the ones that we have the tables outside that you, we want every single member, hear my words, I want everybody in our church to be a part of a DV group. So I just, I want to be clear, <laughs> no thank you, walkers. everybody in our church, part of a DV group. Why? Because we believe that for us to grow in our walks with God, we need each other. Remember, love God, love others. This is like bonus right here. It's not even part of, but love God and love others. And this is how we love others, is we're a part of a DV group. We're a part of a D group, and, and we learn how to support other people, and we get supported as well. It's awesome, right? We want that. We want that. And so you might be part of a DV group, and you say, you know what? There's a single mom out there, and she's not a believer. This one is ours. We got this one. We'll let her bring her kids over when we have, you know, our family DV group, and we, we already pay for a, a, a sitter, so what's two more, and so we'll pay for that, and she can go out and actually be like sane for an evening, you know, or you know what, she never has to worry about Christmas again, we got her, she's a single mom, she can't afford that stuff, we got her, we'll buy the right sizes, the right toys, we got her, we'll take care of her, so she never worries about Christmas again, right, you might be a mentor, you might be here, and you would just want to get involved with somebody's life, maybe there's somebody who just had a baby, and you're like, you know what, they need food, I know, I remember, they need food, we'll get food delivered, Uber eats, whatever it is, I'll cook some food, and we'll bring it to them, whatever it is, we got this person, we got this, but we'll help them, or maybe you want to be a mentor to some kids, and, and you want to take some, maybe a good business leader, and you want to take some other leaders around, you know, on, under your wing, and, and help disciple them, and mentor them, just get involved in people's lives, and all of a sudden, they're going to say to you, man, there's something different about you, man, I noticed there's something, there's, what is it about that? And they start asking you questions. And what, what, what are you doing? And when you do, you say, man, there's no strings attached. We love you. We love you. That's it. We want you to know God's love. That's it. No strings attached. And all of a sudden, you have a right, just like Dorcas did, into their lives because you loved them and because you cared and you gave them the gift of what? Of sharing Christ. Y'all sleep? Let everybody say, share Christ. Yeah. All right, yeah, that you gave him because God has given you something precious to share Christ. And you can say, come, check this out. You know, other times it's, you know, let me tell you my story. Other times it's, let me just serve you and give my life away. You know, let me tell you about another unlikely evangelist, and then we'll, we'll wrap up today. But another one, unlikely evangelist is Peter. And he teaches us sometimes that, it's just right, everybody say, it's just right to get in somebody's face. It's just right. That's what Peter did. There are times when you just have to confront lovingly, mind you, that's the asterisk right there, right? That's it right there, that's the fine print, or actually the big print, lovingly. That's where you confront lovingly in the name of Jesus. This is what Peter would do, right? He, would, he was ready. He was a... a Ready, fire, aim kind of guy. Oh yeah, where is that? 
it already left. <laughs> you know, he's already fire aimed. God, this is Peter, right? And Jesus said to Peter, you know, I've got to go to Jerusalem to die. And Peter was like, no, 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 no. Don't do that, Jesus. Don't, don't go die. No, no, no. And he basically rebuked Jesus. Another time when Jesus was being arrested by Roman soldiers, Peter goes crazy, like, oh, and he starts, pulls out his nine, his Glock, and he starts firing all over the place. In those times, it was a sword. He pulls out his sword, he starts wielding it all over the place, and Jesus is like, great, you just cut off a guy's ear, now I gotta heal the guy. I mean, this guy, Peter, was like, you know, he was a hothead, but sometimes God used him. Not sometimes, God used him. God used him to, to be confrontational. He was, and God chose him even though he messed up over and over and over again. Like so many of us, God chose him to be the guest speaker on the day of Pentecost, okay? What kind of message did he preach on the day of Pentecost? A little feel-good message? A message is, hey, just come to Jesus and you're gonna be happy, just, just come and, and then everything's gonna be all right, everything's gonna be good. You know, you're gonna get the best parking places. You know, you just, you know, what did he do? He basically said, Turn or burn. He said, y'all a bunch of sinners. Y'all going to hell. Y'all need to repent. You need to hear me. You're all in big trouble. And he confronted very directly and very boldly. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Here's part of, his, part of his message. He said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Scripture says, with many words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And as he confronted them, scripture says, 3,000 of them came and were saved. There will be times when the Holy Spirit of God will prompt you and show you, yo, it's time to get in someone's face and confront them. But make sure it's the Holy Spirit prompting you, right? There's too many angry and then, you know, bullhorn preachers, right? And they're angry. We're not that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when God prompts you. And I'll give you an example of this. And I, and I almost hesitate to tell you this story. And you might look at me and go, uh, that was kind of weird. But I was having coffee with this guy. And we were talking about faith in Jesus. And I, I started to ask him, I said, so how are you doing? He's like, oh man, no, everything is good. You know, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, my walk with Jesus is going great. Everything's going good. And I'm sitting there, I'm listening to him, and I don't know what happened. Something weird, something inside me just said, he's lying. And so I said, hey man, I'm sorry, but you're lying. You are lying. You're not telling the truth. And you're, you're committing an affair. Where did that come from? no idea, but I just, you got, you're committing an affair, and you need to go tell your wife, and you need to go and ask for forgiveness, and he was like, no, no, he started crying, and he's like, no, how did you know, how did you know, I said, the Spirit of God just told me this right now, he just told me this right now, and you need to pray right now, we're going to pray, and you need to go to your wife, and you need to tell her, and he just, okay, and he prayed with me, and he went, and he, he got things right. And it was hard. It was hard. How did that happen? God just, I, I, I've never done that before. Never done anything like that since. But at that moment, God, he maybe give you a word. He'll give you a word of knowledge. It's what we call it here, or whatever. And he owned it, and he repented. And you may be with your dad sometime 
who's not a believer, not yet anyway, and you say, man, I just feel burdened. God, I, I mean, Dad, I want to have lunch with you right now. I just, I want to have time with you. I need to talk with you. I, I want to have a spiritual conversation. And you may be like, well, and they may be like, well, well he may be like, well, what, did I do anything? What's, what's going on? And you're just like, look, I just got to tell you right now, let's, let's, let's get together this week. And who knows what happens two weeks from now. They may have a heart attack and you may never see them again. God puts a burden inside of you. It could be that you're talking to someone and you don't even know very well and then just all of a sudden the Holy Spirit moves on you and you just ask a hard question. Where are you spiritually? You know, let's talk about that. And then you confront in a loving way, in a bold way. And I just want to be honest with you guys today and I just want to say that I'm scared. I'm scared that there's not enough of that going on in churches today. I'm scared. It's kind of like, well, just come here, here. Just come over here. You know, seven steps to a better life instead of, hey, your sin has jacked you up and you're on your way to hell. If you don't turn from your sins, you're going to live in eternity away from God. You're not going to heaven. And if you'll just get right and confront someone like that, just tell them, this is what, I have to tell you, this is what keeps me awake at night. And I'm sorry I keep telling you this, but it does, all right? I, I, I've got nowhere else to go with this, all right? I'm in agony and fear for so many people in our church that I'm afraid would, is what you might call a false believer that has the image of righteousness on the outside but no real transformation on the inside. And, and so, and so there's, there's not even an image on the inside. There's no visible sign of an inward change. And there's so many people who take this, the word of God, and basically throw it down and just trample on it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's God's word on Sunday, but then that's it, right? Whatever. You know, I go to church, and I do whatever the heck I want to do the rest of the week, right? And that horrifies me. It scares me to death. And all I can do is pray every night and wake up in the middle of the night and pray and pray and pray because if there's no spiritual fruit, then there's been no spiritual conversion. And when, when you meet Jesus, when you recognize just how horrible we are and how wonderful he is and you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you are different. You're different. And when you're not any different than anybody else, then maybe you've never ever met him before. And so I plead with you as Peter did, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Repent for your sins in the name of Jesus. Call on him, follow him, pursue him, give your life for him. It is not a game. There's no second chances here. Once you die, that's it, it's done. And when you do meet him and you recognize what he's gifted you with, when you meet him and you recognize that you've been gifted with a need, that you need each other, and you experience him best when you two or three gather together in his name and he's in the midst of them, and you are gifted with a burden, something that breaks your heart and gives you agony, that you just, you just don't live for yourself anymore, but you live for him, and you live for others, and you're gifted with flow, right? We talked about God wanting us to live in the what? In the overflow. God wants us to live in the overflow when you're not living for your selfish gain, but for the glory of God and to serve others, and you're gifted to share Christ. And when you know him, you can't hold him to yourself. You are gifted to show Christ. 
recognize just how gifted you are and that you live in the fullness of the blessings of God who will do more in you and through you than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Your life is precious. Would you bow your heads and let me pray with you today? Praying together, Father, we thank you for the precious gift that goes beyond anything we could ever imagine. And now, God, may we see how precious our life is that we have. We have to share Christ. And I want you, what I want you to do right now is I, I want you to think about someone who doesn't know Christ. Could be your mom, your dad, your sons, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your friend, your old college roommate, the person you work closely with, the person you see at the gym, the person... <clears throat> you see at Starbucks, the person that you work with indirectly, your boss or the person who reports to you, and I want you to think of two, one, two, three, or five or 20 people, okay? I, I, I want you to take that note card we have there in the seat pocket in front of you. It looks like this. It has our little DV logo. You can pull that out of the seat pocket in front of you, and I just want you to write the names of those people. Just write those names down. You could do that now. Grab that red pen that has black ink, pull the card out, and start writing names of people that come to your mind right now. That is the Holy Spirit bringing names to your mind of people that God wants you to at least, at the very least, pray for them. Pray and pray for them and pray for you that God would use you. I want you to just take this time and make a list of those that God is showing you to pray for them. Any name any name that comes to your mind right now. This is your time. Just pray silently. If you're in the front row, it's the seat, in the seat pockets behind you, you can grab the card that looks like this. And I'm just gonna pray, come Holy Spirit. Draw them to you, God. Draw them to yourself. Use us, God, to share Christ. And as you are still praying and writing names down, I just wanna ask, how many of you would say, yes, I got someone? or I got several people. If that's you, just lift up your hand right now. Just lift them up. That's you. You got several people. I see some hands right now. Good. You can put your hands down. It's awesome. Those of you that don't have anybody and you are a believer, may I just say, you need to get out of your little Christian circle and you need to get out more and get to know some people and you need to do it now. There's nothing more foolish than being locked up in our own little Christian insulated environment. You have been gifted something precious, and that is to share Christ. And so still praying, there are those of you here today that you would say, you know what? Oh my goodness. I feel like I'm so far from God, but yet I want him so much. I feel like I'm so far. How can I ever get there? I want you to understand very clearly that you cannot work yourself there. It is impossible. Scripture says that the only way that you will ever be saved is by the grace of God, through faith in Christ Jesus alone. The Bible says that it is never ever by works, and I want you to hear that. You have no ability to work your way to God. It is impossible. Your sin separates you from a holy God who cannot even look upon sin. That's why it is so important for Jesus, the Son of God, to be born of a virgin. He did not inherit the sin nature. He passed on through the Father. His Father was Father God in heaven, 
who had no sin. And so Jesus lived a perfect life in the innocent Lamb of God without any kinds of blemish so that he could be our sacrifice. Jesus died in our place on that cross. He became sin. He died with it. He rose again on the third day. And now scripture says anyone, that includes you and me, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. You may feel like you are so far from God. It doesn't matter. You draw near to him and he will draw near to you. You call on his name. Jesus, save me. There are others of you, you grew up around the church, in the church like I did, and you thought you were okay, but you woke up one day and you realized, I am not, I don't know him. There is no spiritual fruit in my life. I've heard that story, but I'm never fully connected to him. Jesus, would you save me? Either group you're in. I just want to invite you to call on him right now. Just call on him. In a moment, you will be born anew. His Holy Spirit will fill you. You'll be able to talk to him. You'll be able to hear from him. You'll be different. You will have power that comes from heaven, and you'll be changed to become more like God's son, Jesus Christ. You'll be able to be more like him. If that's your prayer today, Jesus, save me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I give my life to you. If that's your prayer today, just lift your hand high with me right now. That's your prayer. Just lift it up high. Just lift them up and leave them up all over this place. Say, yes, that is my prayer. I see that hand in the front. You can put it down. I see those two hands in the back. You can put it down. Anybody in this section right here in the middle section? In the back, in that section. I see that hand up here in the back. In this section over here, I see those two hands. God bless you. You can put them down. We're going to say a prayer. And I want all of us to pray this prayer. Pray with those around you, church. Pray with those around you, just as a family of God. Just pray. Heavenly Father, say that with me. Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. I repent and I turn to you. Fill me with your spirit so I could obey you, so I could follow you. Make me new. Make me like you because you died for me empower me to live for you Jesus take my life empower me forever my life is yours in Jesus name I pray DV would you worship God with me today would you celebrate with me that some people said yes to God for the very first time. It's awesome.